0: G'day and welcome to The Grass Is Greener. My name is Tim Henry. I'm a financial advisor in Melbourne. And every week, my guests and I dissect your everyday challenges. We'll get you clearer on your goals and give you financial tips to make it happen. If this is your first time tuning in to The Grass Is Greener, make sure you subscribe to the show on your platform of choice, so you'll automatically receive each episode as soon as it's released. G'day, thanks for tuning in again. Today we're chatting about divorce. Now, I only need to mention the word divorce, uh, and I think either you've been through one yourself or someone you're really close to has been or is going through one. It's a highly emotional time. I googled the emotions of divorce, and these were the words that came up. Denial, shock, anger, grief, uncertainty, roller coaster. It's a time where there's just a flurry of emotions, a whole lot of different phases people are going through, and they're also being asked to make big permanent decisions in their life. And those two things there can quite often clash, and people get a few years down, down the road and and then look back and say, gee, I, I might not have made that decision had I known what I know now. I wanted to get someone in who could talk us through this. and. We've got a great guest by the name of Jordan Varka. Jordan runs a business in Melbourne called Planning Solo. He's a financial advisor and he specializes in assisting people during their divorce and helping to set them up for after their divorce and, and plan for a prosperous future. Jordan's specialty and what he saw in his clients is quite often, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And because he does this over and over, uh, he can help guide people through the things that he sees consistently as as items that people need to be aware of when they're making these big decisions. We talked about the phases of divorce, and that alone was uh, I, I thought was a fantastic um, framework that Jordan talked through. And I think you can tell when when you hear him talk, he's just a very um, caring and nurturing guy. Um, that's very well considered with everything he talks about. And then he also mentioned about the collaborative process that he plays a role in as well. I think if you know anyone that's going through a divorce or maybe you're going through one yourself, you'll find this chat with Jordan Varker extremely insightful. If you're looking for a community of like-minded people who are going on a journey similar to you, then I invite you to join the is Greener Facebook group where you can connect, share and learn from other people just like you. I'm here today with Jordan Varker from Planning Solo Financial Advice. How are you, Jordan?
1: I'm well, Tim. I'm well, how are you
0: going? <laughs> Good, mate. Well, Jordan and I have already had a couple of te- little technical hitches and I think we're all clear now. <laughs> um...
1: Oh, you jinxed it down. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Jordan, we're going to chat today about divorce and I'm really interested to tap your brain because you've become a real specialist in this area but before we do that, just tell our audience a little bit about yourself personally and, and also about your business.
1: Yeah, great. Uh, Thanks, Tim. Um, I've been an advisor now for a bit over 15 years uh, since we finished up at uni uh, and I've been in my own practice for about 10 years or so. Um, For most of that time, practicing really sort of generalist financial advice, super investments. Um, And then a few years back, just took a look at everything and realized that the people we really want to work with and help are those people going through and and coming out of a divorce. So that's been the focus for us for a, a few years and it's been...
0: Yeah, it's been incredible. It's it's really fascinating space to work in. Yeah, I bet um, highly emotional. Um, I would imagine um, yeah. phases that, that people go through. Um, I Often, find, when I speak to people that have decided to specialise in an in an area like this, you know, obviously you felt you could add that value, and it was something that you wanted to do. But you know, what was the need that you saw? Um, that your clients, you know, needed from an advisor that they weren't getting.
1: It's pretty funny actually. A few years ago I remember thinking, was this is 10 years ago, so there's not enough depth in financial advice to specialise in anything and clearly yeah. I was I was an idiot. I was wrong. So um, <laughs> there, there is so much scope that we can help in and I think it's realising yeah. that the people we loved working with in the business were people that had not had that much experience with money and now they've been through a divorce and then we were seeing them a few years later and they're asking us to try to clean things up put them back on the right track and get them where they're going and it was a little bit frustrating it's too strong a turn but professionally it was a bit disappointing because when we were seeing them things had already been done Um, so we were looking at well what if we can move further on up the chain and help them out during that Really critical decision phase. Yeah. And, and when we were doing that, we found that people, it's such a traumatic time going through the divorce anyway. Throw on top of that money, throw on top of that people's inexperience and maybe mindset around money as well. Money can be a very intimidating yeah. part of people's lives if you've not dealt with it during the relationship. And then we're asking people to make really big and permanent decisions in times of high stress and really traumatic circumstances without really knowing what some of those decisions mean. and could mean for their future, it could mean for their options. Uh, so, you know, there are a handful of advisors working in that space, so we're, we're definitely following in their footsteps, but we're able to help people make those decisions with a bit more clarity, a bit more confidence, um, and know that, okay, if we pull this level when we make this decision, it leads to this potential outcome. And it, for some people, they think that that's a really scary position to know their limitations. So yeah. the people that we work with, when you get that information, it, it takes a lot of the stress away. It, it's better to sort of rip the band-aid off almost and just know where you are.
0: Um, yeah, plus I would imagine that understanding the options before you make a decision, even if some of those options are not great, at least you're going into it with your eyes open and, and you can start talking about solutions, potential solutions or what might need to happen down the line as opposed to, you know, well, they call uh, ignorance um nice <laughs> bliss, bliss, don't they? <laughs> Without, you know, really knowing and then finding out later that, gee, I, I didn't make a great decision back there and I just didn't know. Um, and I, I, I do, I, I guess you do hear and see a lot of that. I mean, we do when people come to see us, you sort of um, might think, gee, I'm not sure. I don't know all the details of the divorce you had five years ago, but uh, your gut feel is didn't seem like you got what you should have out of it, or, or whatever.
1: Um, it, it's, it's similar for all money, I think. So retirement, yeah. A lot of people leading into retirement put their head in the sand because they think, well, it's going to be really crummy, so I'd rather than yeah. not know the bad news. Um, it's like, but with divorce, you've got that added layer there of the emotional turbulence and uh, just how traumatic, that
0: yeah. Is. Well, plus, I guess it's part of this total life-changing event is you're dealing with coming out of one uh, chapter and hopefully, for for all concerned, they're starting a new chapter. So, you know, why not start it with, with proactivity, I guess?
1: I think it's easy for us to forget as well that money can be really scary for a lot of people. Yeah. Just the idea of having to run your own budget can actually terrify people, like literally freeze them up. Um And so I think being able to help people in that area and just navigate that with some confidence, has it can change their experience of the divorce a little bit, which is quite nice.
0: Well, I guess as well, Jordan, we hadn't even mentioned that we might talk about this, but I do know for a fact that when two people separate, I mean, it's going to be more expensive, isn't it? I mean, that's just a fact. I mean, when you're living and sharing costs and all of a sudden you're not... That has to increase your expenditure, so that I mean that's daunting as well. Just right for, as a basic thing, isn't
1: it? Yeah, and it ties into that uncertainty as well. That, you know, the, yeah, the standard of living people perhaps have become used to—that's that's up for grabs as well, and that can be quite scary.
0: I'd imagine that divorce. Well, I don't need to imagine. I've been through my own divorce many years ago. It has a number of phases, doesn't it? And and I guess the role you play, you would see those phases and I probably assume that they're fairly consistent with people. Sort of how do you describe those and how are you able to help people prepare?
1: Yeah, it's an interesting way to look at it because I think as financial advisors, we kind of, we we dip in and out during the divorce process. We're not involved at every level. Um, yeah. And and nor should we be because the lawyers step in and you've got other people assisting. But, yeah. But generally speaking... There's the period sort of before you start the divorce and then there's the period during it. And The before period is really, for anybody listening that's in this phase, it's a tough one. You're in a relationship, you know that the relationship is ending and you you are throw, throwing up a lot of questions and a lot of really powerful emotions. That's a really difficult position, to go face to go through. And then you get to the point where you've made that decision. You've decided that the relationship is over for you and it's time for you to move on and it's working out those next steps. That can be quite liberating terrifying that yeah. all, all together as well. Um, <laughs> all, all in one package. All, all in one at a, t- a tough time. Um, and then you've got the, the next element, which most people will do is where they will separate. And sometimes that separation may be under the same roof or maybe in different houses. That's really that period where you get to work out how this is all going to actually play out. The next step is where we can get involved. but This is often where family lawyers are involved as well. is where people start researching their options. They start... Finding out, you know, what are my rights? What are my obligations? How does this work? What are the ins and outs? Uh, because it is it is fairly complex. So they'll often go and see a family lawyer or see an advisor and work out what's next. From there, it's almost it's quite a few phases, Tim. Sorry. Uh, no, okay, Dan. That's good. So it's good. right um, The the next phase is the negotiation, but not the the financial one or the the court one everyone yeah. thinks about. The one where you're negotiating. How is this life going to work? And this is particularly when you've got kids. You know, how are we going to do the transfers for the kids? How are we going to share drop-offs and schools and things like that? Yeah. And that's that's a really tough phase because you're you're negotiating with somebody you don't really want anything to do with anymore and having to accommodate them and hoping they accommodate you and that's really difficult. So that's, yeah. that's a really tough part. And then it's probably for most people listening, the picture in their mind of a divorce is this, the formalities. It's... I go and get a lawyer, we start exchanging letters and then we see them in court and we bash it out and that's where we end up. Happily, that idea of divorce as war is the minority. Uh, There are other options where you can, in the formalities phase. That's where you start exchanging documents, working out exactly how it's going to be and and make firm agreements. The next phase is different if if there's kids involved and if there's not. And, And we sort of have started calling it the ever after stage. If there's no kids... it's all amicable you part ways and hopefully you never see each other again if there are kids you will be connected forever and and that's unavoidable and you then have a choice through the process of of, is my ever after going to be a happily ever after or or a bitter ever after are we going to be able to go to the kids birthdays together or will we have to snipe at each other in our kids weddings yeah, and that's, that's that's a really difficult part of the process too. But generally, they're the phases we see people
0: move through. Cool. I think, you, yeah, you've definitely sort of summarized an end-to-end there. And I think this is where um, I would imagine the work that you do with your clients is it's probably really hard to jump ahead. I mean, your brain wants to jump ahead to what's going to happen down the line, but I guess it's about just dealing with the, the phase that you're in at that stage mm-hmm. and working through that at first before you can get to the next step. You, you know, we've, we've probably got listeners who are listening on this who are either going through a divorce, considering separation or know someone. They sort of will will think about, you know, where would they start? Where would they start if they were um, considering this?
1: Well, I think, and the first thing I should probably preface this and in, in my other comments as well that we're assuming that domestic violence isn't an issue in these cases. Domestic violence yeah. changes the whole picture. Um, it makes everything, you know, <clears throat> 10 times harder, 100 times more urgent, and, and yeah. fortunately, 1,000 times more dangerous. So if domestic violence is involved, it's very different circumstances, and there are a lot of resources online. Um, to help people navigate that because that's extremely difficult. Yeah. So we'll put that to one side, which you know, we have the luxury of doing, thankfully. But in terms of, of for people that aren't in that scenario and they're looking to, to what's the next step, there are some really good options in information online. Relationships Australia has a few really good advice sheets that they can download yeah. and has a really good way of walking through it all. Family Relationships Online is a government initiative that also contains information around that. Also has information for people that are maybe in that before phase where maybe the relationship can be redeemed. Uh, they've got some really good information in there. It's not often I recommend people do this, but if you hop onto the Federal Circuit Court website, um, there's some really good resources there that you can work through the formalities of what's involved in a divorce. Um, yeah. A divorce is it, it's the legal dissolution of a marriage. So the Federal Circuit Court has some really good info there um, and it breaks down... You know, Kids is one consideration, finances and property is another, and it's really good in that way, area. We're really lucky that we have quite a good few, quite a few good family lawyers that we work with. And what they've explained to me is they can meet you and offer simply information, not advice. So you're not necessarily engaging them as your lawyer. You can go and meet with them and get the information right, right. It's like for us, it's general advice
0: basically. Yep.
1: Um, so they're not being engaged, so that doesn't trigger a few of the requirements they have. And they can walk you through the process and explain to you what it is. And interestingly, they can do that with both parties. So if you're still amicable and you've both decided the relationship's over, you can both go and see the same lawyer and get that information and work it out.
0: And I would imagine, Jordan, that that's probably ideal, isn't it? I mean, you could probably describe what's the ideal scenario. And I would imagine, yeah, of course, there's going to come a point in the road where um, the plans are going to, Diverge. but the more you could do some of this together, particularly initially, it, it's got to help, doesn't
1: it? Yeah, it, it is tough. I think part of it is that that idea that – and I, I had it before we started working in the space. The divorce was combat. You know, you went into a divorce, yeah. it was winner-take-all kind of thing. But it, but since then and since the work we've been doing and some of the training we've had, there are a lot of other options. And if you can start the process with just an acceptance of the relationship is over – and approach it with respect for each other um, be able to still communicate with each other appreciate the past that you've had as well you know there was a relationship there you were in love at one stage appreciate that and be committed to dealing with this amicably you can walk through the process we actually had a case recently their family lawyer they had the final settlement meeting and their family lawyer said to them, you're not meant to be laughing this much in this meeting. This is not meant to be a fun <laughs> meeting. Um, but they're signing the documents and you know, the partners are getting along great. I think the new wife was in the other room. like it was, That's an ideal scenario. It's because they both respected each other. They both appreciated that they'll be yeah. in contact forever because they have kids. And, and there was none of that bitterness. If you can avoid the bitterness, that makes a big difference.
0: So, ideally, with with the work that you're doing with people, Jordan, when would you ideally love to start working with them?
1: We tend to find that we come in during the property settlement negotiation. So, we have nothing to do on the family side, obviously. Um, But when we're brought in, the family lawyer, or our clients have brought us in and said, look, here's the pool of assets that we have as a family. Yep. here are the goals and objectives that I want in my new life. You know, I want to make sure that I can have a house for the kids. I want to make sure I have this level of income. I want this, this and this. We will then work with them to quantify that and say, okay, so you, know, you wish to buy a house, it's going to cost you X, you need a level of income, that's Y. And we, we can apply some of what we do, that financial rigor around that. Then we present to, to them and, and their lawyer and say, look, here are the three levels of objectives. You know, If you've got everything, you need A, If you've got an acceptable amount or a good compromise that's b and if the bare minimum is c yeah family lawyer can then take that and apply that to the pool and say well based on that they might need six hundred thousand dollars there's one and a half million dollars in the pool we think that's a very achievable outcome so let's see what percentage we can get for them during the pool um we then tend to start take a step back the negotiation phase isn't really where we're involved uh, people will come back to us with extra questions sometimes and we can tweak the figures, yep. but that's sort of our job done in that regard. And then when the divorce is finished, we step in and we say, okay, well, now that you've got this pot of money that you're really worried about and you want to make sure you make good decisions, um, let's plan that out. Let's let's put a plan in place to get you set up over the next two years, look at what the next five years might look like and get you on that path to the to that financial life you really want to build for yourself. Um it's really rewarding work in that regard because you know where people are heading. You've already got their goals lined up, and you can put them on that path. and it's, It can be quite exciting to watch, actually.
0: I really like the, the the way you've described that because going into the the negotiation phase already with a, I guess, um, having had a financial advisor assess those three, I guess, scenarios, like really great. <laughs> yeah, just average or not so great. I guess it's providing context for um, the negotiations because I, I would think in in the worst case um, there is no context around what they fight, everyone's fighting for. Um, it's just you know I'm, I'm fighting because um Yeah, I want more or I feel like I'm being duped. Where I guess if you've gone into it knowing, well, if I walk away with this amount, um, Jordan's told me uh, I've got a a, a pretty solid future ahead, Um, it's going to tempt a lot of people to say, well, great, where do I sign? I'm out of here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It it can. I mean, the best case scenario was exactly that, that, the, the yeah. settlement scenarios we've given, okay, well that equals the percentage of the pool that my lawyer can get me and then we can walk away all happy. What represents a bit of a challenge. And I've had a few family lawyers raise this point as well. We we try to prepare those numbers in complete ignorance of what's in the pool. Because I think if, yeah. if we start taking into consideration the pool, then that can taint our results. Yeah. So we I I like that. We ignore it also
0: So it's done independently know, of knowing what's in there, yep. It also means
1: we can keep it a bit more general. As you know, once yeah. you start taking the personal advice, it becomes a bit lot more expensive. So we try to do that. Um, but what can happen is then when that hits the reality of the pool, all of a sudden our scenarios are going to require 80 90% of the, the pool. And that can trigger quite a lot of um, contention or dispute with the family lawyer. Yeah. So we we make sure we hang around and we're there afterwards to try to talk people through, okay, well, it's not viable for you to get 80% of the pool. You will not be able to achieve all these objectives. Let's have a conversation around compromise and let's see what we can change and what that means for you. Um, yeah. But as you say, having that context means that it, it, it's never going to be dispassionate, the negotiation, but it can take some of the fear out of it because you know where your milestones are. You know where your guardrails are. So, yeah, it, it can help a lot. of
0: And so... Ha- have you done this work with both parties or do you just tend to only do it with one of the parties? This kind of work, we tend to only do it with one of the parties. Just with one, yeah. I would um, imagine, yeah.
1: There are a some conflict nothing, there otherwise. Yeah, there's some questions there around conflict. But we do and are doing a bit more in the collaborative divorce space, which is a really, really fascinating part of
0: divorce. Yeah, talk us through that.
1: Collaborative divorce, is, it's an alternative to going through the court. So we talked about you know, divorce as combat. This is an alternative. This is you sitting in the room, each of you has your own lawyer and also in the room there is a communications or a family consultant who is generally a trained psychologist um, and a financial neutral, which is us. Um, And in the room, I say in the room there's multiple conversations, but you then collaborate on finding a solution for how to dissolve the marriage. Um, The psychologist and the communications person are there to help you communicate better. really keep an eye on the long term and treat each other with respect. They also help with kids when kids are involved. So they'll talk with the kids and and help with that process and they can help counsel the kids after. And our job as the financial neutral is to help them collect all the data they need for the asset pool. And I think as advisors, we we take for granted how easy we find doing that. Yeah. No one else does. The lawyers hate it. The clients hate it. Everyone dislikes doing that. But we just do it as a matter of course. And then we help them model out the scenarios as they propose alternatives. So we're never advising them. Uh, it's more, okay, well, you know, person A thinks this is possible, person B thinks it might be, let's look at the numbers and then we model that for them. So that's a really exciting way, I think, to approach divorce. In
0: really there. interesting, yeah.
1: And, and it's good for us as well, professionally. It's quite interesting. Um, but it also yeah. the idea is that afterwards the couple are still amicable, they can still communicate we work with a group in Hawthorne called Melco and they were saying the other day that on the way out from this final settlement, everybody hugged. The lawyers hugged the clients, the clients hugged all the people involved, the clients hugged each other. That's just a phenomenal outcome when you're talking about something
0: like divorce. Yeah, and I think it's it's starting with the right dynamic to start with, isn't it? And I, I imagine there's situations that could never be put through that process but there's many that slip into the the combat zone just because they didn't have weren't given a different dynamic to start with um (laughs) yeah so i've just got a quick question on that like how many of those meetings would that typically um involve
1: so I think each collaborative approach is slightly different, but you're looking at maybe three to five meetings um, yeah. with your own lawyer and with the financial and, and the way they're trying to stream it through. And then you've got the actual negotiation meeting, which can be quite lively. Um, but, yeah, three to yeah. five, I think, seems to be about the norm.
0: Yeah, that, that's really interesting. And I, I just think, um, yeah, I, um, I think so often... Uh, it might seem like, okay, well, we, we might have a crack at doing this on our own first before we get to that stage, but, you know, there's no substitute sometimes for just doing it right the first time, I think. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, it also eliminates some of the buyer's remorse you might have when you do it yourself. Yeah, you're, that's right. You're, you're down the track, you're talking to someone at work and they say, oh, you only got X, and how did that happen? Yeah, I think that's something you want to avoid if you can
0: I really like the idea also of, of that financial um, counsel you're giving in there, which is neutral yeah. and just about trying to find a an outcome that suits all. Um, without putting you on the spot too much and we don't want too many war stories, but um, you, I guess you must see things that are done really well sometimes and, and processes that aren't done well. I'd just love you to describe what you see. What are the criteria that you see when things do go well? You probably already touched on a few, but I think it's important just to reinforce those. Just about you know what you what you see in a in a in a solution that goes um, smoothly for everyone and gets good outcomes for everyone.
1: I think the biggest one, it always comes back to that idea of respect. It's respecting the other person, but also expecting them to respect you. It needs to be two-way street. Um, that translates into a much smoother process, I think, because you can see where they're coming from. The negotiations can be done in good faith. Um, another element I think is it's really – its I, I don't know how people pick family lawyers because – Yeah. How how do you make that decision? I I really I I can't fathom how you make that. But if you can, you want somebody who is aligned with the kind of divorce that you want. So if if you're somebody and the relationship has gone completely acrimonious and it is going to be a battle, you want a bulldog of a lawyer, one that will will fight for you in the trenches and really push things. If it's not like that, though, and you can still talk to each other, you don't want to bulldog because that just won't work. It needs to be aligned. Where there's misalignment there, things can go really awry. You know, it's just not, not ideal um, Good point. I think I, th- I think I did touch on it earlier but but appreciating that you know, there was a relationship here there was love there at one stage and while it's not there now it doesn't mean it needs to turn into hate you know, and just trying to yeah. respect that side of it as well um, and, and this is easy for me to say it's easy for us to say but trying to maintain some perspective the divorce process could be the worst 12, 18, 24 months of your life But it can't become your entire life. You you will have a future afterwards. And if you can lift your eyes occasionally and look a bit further beyond the the clash of what's going on now, I think that does help you during the negotiation. It it helps you. We've heard of people that would argue over an itemised list of the cutlery and crockery in the house (laughs) to make sure that, you know, that person doesn't get too many of the spoons and that person doesn't get those plates. That's not, they've lost perspective ah, there. They?
0: Yep. <laughs> Definitely. Um, just, I'd love for you to, you're probably a humble person that wouldn't do this naturally, but how would people get in touch with you if they wanted to have a chat, Jordan? <laughs>
1: uh, the best way is uh, email. So, uh, Jordan at planning uh, via the yep. website as well. Um, or, my number is all over our website as well. So, feel free to give me a call as well. We're yeah. all happy to have a chat.
0: I think the great thing for anyone to have a chat is you've got experience on and I think most people are going to go into it thinking, yeah, I just don't want this to go off the rails for no reason. Yeah. Like if we can start with with solid foundation of values and, and the way we want this to roll, that's probably a great starting point. Um, is there anything else you'd lo- like to sort of, add that you haven't mentioned
1: I think you know, we, we touched on it earlier but definitely it's easy for us to focus on the financials and the mechanics of the process but if you're somebody who is in a position that's unsafe um thankfully awareness is increasing around that so you do have yeah. options but it's, it's very difficult and Sadly, the, the moment upon leaving is the most dangerous. So have a plan in place around that. So I know I don't want to go too far down that path because no, I'm not super qualified to talk about it, but there are resources out there.
0: Um, we did actually in a previous episode speak to um, uh, Alyssa Fear from um, your toolkit. Uh, which uh, has a, is a fantastic resource. If you look back through the episodes, you'll see that um, f- specifically for that. Yeah,
1: yeah, definitely worth having a listen to it. I think also for anyone operating in the space, it's worth educating yourself around that because it's, it's just it's, it's horrible.
0: It's something that's outside yeah. of my experience. Thank you. It's not really good, my other point, and it's
1: there may not be too many people in this area, but any advisors looking to help in this space, I'd encourage them to do so. It's incredibly rewarding work. You're doing really meaningful stuff for people that can make a real difference. But if you, when you do come in, I think it's really important. We all maintain as much empathy as we can. Um, Cause that can be lost in the process and a bit of humility, because I know one adjustment I had to get used to is when we take on clients, we run everything. You know, it, it's all on our hand. We, can, we are not, that person in this process. We are there to assist and then step back. And that could be a bit <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, you're not coming into solution mode straight away, I guess. That's the key thing, isn't
1: it? Yeah, correct. We're there to help and you know, the family lawyers, they they do amazing work. And we're there to support them and help them through the process, not supplant them or, or whitehand them. Um, <laughs> but, but
0: yeah. <laughs> Cool. Thanks, Jordan. It's been great to chat. Um, you've given us some uh, really great things to think about there. And um, hopefully, it, if we've got listeners who are going through that, um, I'm sure that they're going to take some, something out of that. <laughs> Appreciate your time. Fantastic. Thanks, Tim. Thanks for the chance to have a chat. <laughs> Good on you, mate. The information in this podcast is of a general nature and does not take into account your own financial objectives, circumstances, and needs. You should consider your own personal situation and requirements before making any decision. If you have any concerns or questions, please contact me. After such a valuable chat with Jordan, I just wanted to leave Jordan's details for anyone that might want to contact him. So you can email him on jordan at au, or visit his website, www.planningsolo.com.au. That's the end of another show. Remember, the grass isn't greener on the other side. It's greener where you water it. See you later.